Get up, BDL. It's time for the Inside Podcast with your friend Mike, everyone's favorite Canadian, and yours truly. Of course, I'm Scotty, the undisputed commissioner of fantasy baseball. After an offseason of big moves, but radio silence from the Memphis Chicks, BDL GM Zach joins the show today to discuss his club's meteoric rise in the South Division. But is he done making moves? We'll talk about that and the likelihood of the Chicks finally turning around the most unsuccessful team in BDL history. Plus, mailbag questions at the top of today's show, so stay tuned for that. The Inside Pod is brought to you by BDL Baseball and hosted on Captivate, our podcast home on the web. To hear content generated by the BDL Podcast Network, including the Inside Podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Downcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, if you want to interact with the show, the easiest way to do that is to give us a shout on Twitter at BDL Inside Pod. We look forward to hearing from you there. So thanks for checking out the show today, guys. You're listening to the BDL Podcast Network. Crank it up because the Inside Pod is on fire. Hey there, all you fantasy baseball maniacs, especially those who call the Black Diamond League home. Thank you so much for making the Inside Podcast part of your day once again. Can-Am Connection is back for the Inside Podcast. Mike, my friend, I don't know about you, but winter has officially arrived here at East Coast Central. Yuck. Scotty, how you doing, buddy? Live from cold, cold, cold Woodbridge, Ontario, Canada. Hmm. We are uh, living with a forecast right now of up to uh, two feet of snow uh, that is uh, supposed to begin, I think, uh, Saturday night or, or Sunday morning, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so we have two um, Canadians on the line today. That's uh, that's how it feels. Yeah, man, we had such good weather through Christmas. We had in, in, into late, actually into early January, we had some days uh, hanging on up into the 70 degree, uh, up into seven, into the seventies, excuse me. Um, it certainly wasn't a white Christmas, but I loved it. Uh, yeah. I, li- I like warm weather. So that was just great. Unseasonably warm, but great. But, but winter has officially arrived and, you know, we don't get too many huge, huge snow events around here, at least not anymore, but, um, it looks like we're about to get slammed this weekend. Mm. Yeah, two feet's a lot of snow. We also didn't have a white Christmas this year, which sucked. I like having snow on Christmas. Mm. Well, I'm hoping that this storm does not uh, does not generate draft shenanigans mm. uh, for for me at all. You know, I'm pretty bought in to our uh, round one of the first year player draft here in the. BBL. I will pick on your behalf if you. Decide. That's what I'm afraid of. I, I'm afraid I'm that I'm going to end up with Henry, uh, like Willie Mopena picking number number four. I I would I would I would maybe prefer Willie Mopena uh, uh, over some of these guys that that Joe is floating around mm. uh, on the forum right now, but uh, yeah, hopefully. 
hopefully that doesn't become an issue. Mm, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, guys, it's great to be back again. Uh, I think we have a really cool show lined up for you. Um, but you know, we haven't, uh, we haven't opened the old mailbag in quite a while, Mike. So we thought we would open the mailbag tonight, uh, just to kick things off here on the inside pod for this show. And Hey man, if you're ready, I've got a question locked and loaded. Sure. Let's hear it. So, okay. First question. Uh, this is actually a, uh, I think it's addressed to you, Mike, for, for Mm. the, for the, for the Rockets. You haven't done a rebuild and have remained competitive for what seems like forever. Have you thought of doing one? And if so, how would you tackle that sort of project? That's a great question. Uh, Yeah, we haven't really done a rebuild ever. Uh, Well, except for the original when I messed things up and I had to build it up. And that was not my plan. Uh, (laughs) have, Have I thought of doing one? Funnily enough, I was talking to Bill about this. Because when we were making the Gosman trade, I mentioned that I kind of envy him having to do this full-on kind of rebuild. And it would be fun to try it one day. Uh, but that's not happening anytime soon, I don't hope. Uh, but yeah, at, at, at some point, I want to try it just to see how I would do at it. Um, how would I tackle that sort of project? I don't think I would be capable of going the general's all out for the drafts, get every pick you can way of doing it. I just don't think I'd have the patience for it. Um, it I takes think patience. Would, it really it's a does. Long road. I, it's a long road. I, I'm, I'm too old to do that. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it would be much more of a sell off everyone, but try to sell them off for very few uh, elite young players and then try to work the hell out of the wire to fill in the rest of the spots. I think that's the only way I would be able to do it. And then just mine the minor leagues as much as you can, you know, kind of like the way I do it now. But, but I think, I think that's the way I would do it if I ever did do it. But my plan is to never have to have my plan is to never be in a position where I have to do it. You know, you know, your league has been around for a long time when you have owners who say, I'm too old, I'm too old to start rebuilding now because, mm. you know, some of these prospects that I draft, um, I may be dead before they reach the majors. Yes. Yes. Um, that's, that's, yes. that is a little, that kind of puts life into perspective right now. So thank it you for does. that. Yeah, no problem, buddy. I'm older than you, so that's okay for me to say. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. A little bit, but. Uh, I, I I don't know. It, it would be odd to see uh, the Rockets um, take on that kind of rebuild project. But, uh, you know, if you do fun, it right. Though. It would be kind of fun. It, it, but yeah. it, you, well, you, you, can't, you can't go into it haphazardly. If you go into it with a plan, with a real blueprint, um, you, and you, you have a certain manner in which you are making trades, proceeding with, with each and every move, um, you know, you, you can, you can follow that path and, and you can do it well. It, it does take mm-hmm. patience. Um, but at the end of the process, you know, if you're going to be competitive again, you, you end up with a combination of, yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, certainly you, you want, you need, you have to have some of the young investments that you've made, 
you have to you have to see those graduate to the majors and be productive. You do need a, a degree of that without question. You're you're going to use a, a, you know a fair portion of those assets though as currency. You know to fill in holes with with mm-hmm. older you know major league ready players. So you you know once you reach that competitive stage again. Um, you know, your, your roster is certainly a combination yeah. of, of, of assets in different yeah. phases of their careers. So uh, it's, it's not as bad as it, as it, as it appears. Yeah. Uh, speaking of rebuilds, we got a question for Scotty as well this week. Uh, do you regret waiting until now to start your rebuild? Do you think you would have been wise to start the process last year since your team uh, would have needed a great deal of luck to win it all in 2021? Okay. It's a good I mean, question. I like it. I like it. it's a very interesting question. Who, who's <laughs> well? I'm not. We don't ask, give away. We don't give away who asks these questions. You know that. I mean, I, I well, first of all, I, I don't agree that my team that the Generals needed quote a great deal of luck to win it all in 2021. We were a playoff team. We won the division. Um, a very close round one matchup. I mean, you know needed a, a degree of luck a and, degree and, of luck okay let's say good everyone everyone needs some luck in the playoffs sure but some teams um, would need a little more than others y- yes now having said that you know the the 2021 generals were they closer to the middle of the pack in the bdl uh rather than the you know, we'll say the elite three or four clubs yeah, in the league. I think that's fair. At, at present, yes. I mean that that is true, and you know this 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 project that we've undertaken was, uh, you know, it, it was something I had been thinking about for about twelve months. Anyway, I knew that it was getting close to that time. Um, you know, but when. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to throw off on the division on the south, but you know when you when you're playing in a division where um, you you have to do so little mm-hmm. to win the division, it's 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 just hard to throw in the towel. Yep. You know, even even if you know that it's the right move for the long term future of your club, you know if you're already that close and you 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 basically have a a lock on the top of the division, that's just, that's a hard trigger to pull. It's a tough decision to make. So I thought we had, uh, you know, another year that we could, you know, you know, just give it a shot, roll the dice. And I don't think I was wrong in that because we won the division again. We were in the playoffs again. We had a a close first round matchup that frankly could have gone either way. Um, You know, if, if a few things would have broken our direction, could, it could have could have ended up with a long playoff run, you know, very well could have. So no, no, I, I don't I don't regret that at all. Um, I, I I like where we are, I like what we've done, and and maybe we'll maybe we'll talk more about that on the show uh, on a future show, you know, just kind of dissect that a little more. But mm-hmm. um, um, no, no, I, I I'm glad we we waited and gave it one more roll. I think we uh, I think it was uh, worthwhile for sure. Sounds good. Okay. We have, I think, one more question uh, this show. Uh, Mike, mm. who was your favorite baseball player growing up? 
Actually, mm. this is I should I should say this this is a this is a multi part question, but I'll, okay. I'll break these I'll break these up and ask this one first. Who was your favorite baseball player uh, growing up? This probably one a lot of people don't even know. My favorite player as a kid was Garth Orge of the Toronto Blue Jays. Now you might know a son who Dane Orge was actually drafted in the BDL. He was a prospect for the Tigers, I think. But but Garth Orge was a third baseman for the Jays. Him and Rance Mullinix. Uh, were a platoon at third. And the reason why I liked him so much is he had the weirdest looking swing. If you ever have a chance to look him up or anyone listening, have a chance to kind of look up his batting stance. He held the bat so loosely that you'd swear it was going to fall out of his hands. And it was just, it was the weirdest looking swing. For whatever reason, I've always liked Garth Orange as a kid. Hmm. What about you? I would probably have to say, you know, in terms of active players, it would have been, you know, one of the stars on the Cincinnati Reds at that time. Probably I would point to maybe Eric Davis. He's a little better than Garth Orge. A little, little bit. Yeah. A uh, little, little bit. Um, you know, this is going to sound silly, but. I kind of thought, uh, uh, and again, this is through through the through the lens of a child, but I I, I kind of thought Chris Sabo was cool. Yeah, uh, the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Back back in the day, of course that 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 um, that opinion didn't age too well for a, a multitude of reasons. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, some of the Reds uh, from that era, I think, uh, are the players I would point to now. Interestingly. Um, I, I think I would have to say I was most obsessed with a retired player uh, as a as a boy as a youth, and that was for some reason that I cannot explain. I don't know. Was Mickey Mantle? That's um, pretty good. Have never have never been a have never been a Yankee fan. Um, obviously, you know we're talking about the the, the mid nineteen eighties, so um, uh, Mickey Mantle was not playing baseball by this by this point. Um, you know, I think it was it was part marketing. Um, there were these things. I think they were marketed. They were called as um, called uh, talking baseball cards mm-hmm. back then. And what they were were uh, forty five records, <laughs> actual actual records. Yes, yeah, I'm really dating up. us here. Yeah, really yes, we're, 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 yeah. So they were forty five records that would come in these these fancy sleeves, um, vinyl sleeves. Maybe I don't recall. It's hard to remember, but. Um, and it would be like an interview with it, with a famous athlete. Um, and I had one of those, a talking quote unquote, talking baseball card of Mickey Mantle. And for some reason I was just obsessed with that, with that 45. I played it all the time, um, and, and learned, well, everything I knew at the time about Mickey Mantle from, from that record. And certainly a lot about, uh, you know, appreciating older you know, legends of the game uh, because of that. Uh, so that's that's kind of my memory there. But um, next part of the question, mm. this is a three. This is a three part question. So this is part two of the three part. Do you remember your first in person MLB game? Mm. I, I don't remember the first specifically because I would have gone to a whole bunch between say, I was born in seventy four. Say between eighty six. And whenever the old Jay Stadium closed, which I think was 1990, the Blue Jays used to play at Exhibition Stadium. Uh, for anyone who remembers Exhibition Stadium, it was it was a football stadium. 
and half of the seats were in the outfield. And instead of wrapping around the outfield, it was it was just it was the bleachers of the football stadium. So the first two sections were in the outfield where you would catch a home run, and the rest would just get further and further away from the field, with the last section being so far you couldn't see a thing. So there was a supermarket chain, I think it was Dominion up here, that would sell general admission tickets where you could sit in the bleachers. I think they were $2 each. So this became every elementary school and high schooler's dream. Because you'd buy a ticket for two bucks, you'd jump on the bus and go down to Exhibition Stadium, and you'd go watch a baseball game for two bucks. It's the greatest thing. So we used to go down there all the time. I must have gone to seven, eight games a summer, just heading down there on the weekends and watching games at that old crummy stadium where I'm sure if we could go back and watch a game there now, we would just be embarrassed at how horrible the stadium was. It was mm. just a dump. But but I remember taking the old Wilson 96 bus to the subway station and taking the Dufferin 44 streetcar, I think it was, or a bus to, to Exhibition Stadium to watch games there. Yeah, it was a bunch of fun. Interesting. So um, I, I remember a few things about my first MLB game, yeah, first in-person MLB game. It was at old Riverfront Stadium in mm. Cincinnati. Um, this would have been... July. I, I don't remember the date. I actually have the ticket. Believe it or not, I still have a ticket stub. I, I, I can't believe it survived, but uh, I do have the ticket stub. I think it was July. I'll maybe try to dig out the date, exact date. It was a July game, 1987, uh, against the visiting New York Mets um, at, at Old Riverfront there in Cincinnati. Uh, that was my very first Major League Baseball game. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, last part of the question. Did you play organized baseball as a kid? Hmm. See, I'm the son of immigrants. We didn't do a lot of organized sports. Um, I played one season of organized baseball when I was, I want to say maybe 11 or 12 years old. I played one year of soccer. I was horrible at it. You know, I have Italian parents, so we had to play soccer. It was awful. <laughs> Uh, but I was like baseball. So my dad, somehow I convinced him to put me in a baseball league for one year. And <laughs> the one thing I remember from the season, I wasn't a bad baseball player. I was probably, you know, you know, if we had 10 players on our team, I was the sixth or fifth best player sort of thing. And I played second base. I was a pretty good fielder and I was an okay hitter. My father only came to one game my, my entire life. And I still remember this memory because he showed up in like the second inning or something. And we're in the field. And it was a pop fly directly at second base. And the first baseman came over to catch it. I called him off. I got it. I got it. And I looked up and I lost the ball in the sun. And the ball fell like two feet from me. And I just looked at my father and he's laughing his ass off. I'm like, thanks for the support out there, Dad. <laughs> he just thought it was the fun because he didn't know anything about baseball. He just knew I messed up and he just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I played, I played one year of organized baseball. And then in high school, uh, we didn't have a baseball team, but we had a softball team. Uh, so I played that in grade 11 and grade 12. Yeah, grade 11, grade 12. Uh, we were okay. I was the pitcher, actually, on that team. Uh, we were all right. It was kind of fun. You know, uh, softball wasn't the biggest sport. Um, high school sports in Canada aren't aren't what they are. Stateside, a lot of the time, it's not, you know. Hmm. We, we 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 don't play in stadiums to freaking sell out crowds. We played uh, 
you know, eight parents and a couple of teachers that show up. So I did that for a couple of years. That's kind of fun. And now I've, I've been coaching my daughter's softball teams for years now. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm, I was trying to do the math here. I guess I played five or six, I guess probably six years of organized baseball. Um, would have been three or four years of little league um, followed by two years of varsity uh, skip JV uh, right to varsity uh, as a, um, as a freshman and then as a sophomore in high school. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny. Our, our little league, uh, and this is probably true for, for most areas, uh, our little league system at the time um, would, would mimic major league teams and you would wear the team colors and, and team logos for specific major league teams. Um, and our two, the two, uh, we, we had so many kids at the time playing little league baseball at my elementary school, um, that they split the program into two teams. So our school had actually two little league baseball teams and, and they would compete in the same league. So often would play against each other, which was kind of neat. Um, but those two, those two teams were the Mets and the Expos. So, uh, Canada was, Canada was represented. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I played for the Little League Mets, uh, and I actually still have that Little League hat, uh, I think, in the basement somewhere. Very so cool. that's kind of kind of neat. But um, two years of varsity uh, after that, I was a primarily a left fielder. Uh, I did fill in occasionally at second base. So you and I have that in common. Didn't know that. Uh, part-time second baseman. When you but, got no arm, they put you at second, baby. <laughs> You know, I, I could always throw hard. Um, it was the straight part that gave you. It, it, it was the, it was the straight part that was yeah. always the. You know, I I, uh, I, I could uh, I could throw I could throw heat pretty well, but it, yeah. you know, it would it would either end up in the catcher's glove or or maybe in the stands. It was yeah. a, a equal shot of, of both. So I remember uh, my first practice as a kid, and they're kind of trying you out of different positions. So they tried me at second base. They made me a grounder, and I made a nice little nice little catch through the first there. Ah, it gets pretty good. They tried me at shortstop, exact same play. Ball bounced four times before I got the first. Like, all right, you're playing second. I'm not playing you at short. It gets no athlete. You're smart enough to know what to do with the ball, but he ain't no athlete. Uh, that's funny. Yep. All right. Well, Mike, that uh... – that wraps up our mailbag segment for this show. And we've got a neat interview on this episode, guys. Uh, Zach of the BDL's Memphis Chicks joined us. And we had a lot to talk about with Zach. You know, he's been, uh, I mean, we, we could go back and look and do the math. If if not the most active GM in the BDL this offseason, certainly among the most active, yeah. has completely remade his, his club, um, looks poised to... Uh, to chase a playoff spot, playoff berth, uh, for the, certainly for the his first time uh, here in the Black Diamond League. And as we'll talk about, for one of the few times in the history of that franchise. So uh, really cool interview with Zach, and we'll throw it on over to Zach right now. Okay, guys, what a guest on today's show, Zach of the BDL's Memphis Chicks. Buddy, first off, welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been what a year since I've talked to you guys, and you know, Round although about, I've really yeah. never met y'all in person, uh, these things are fun. Good, good. We're ha- happy to have you back. Uh, it was a good conversation last time. A lot, a lot of developments since uh, since the last time you were on the show, both in the Just league and. And especially for, for your club, the Chicks, and, and I, I can't wait to get into a few of those things. But, you know, we, we do have a lot to talk about. But I I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this topic because, uh, you know, it's all friendly adversarial needling, at least from my point of view. But let's go ahead and get this out of the way first. I, I've taken um, one or two shots <laughs> at the Chicks over the last couple of months on this show. And I think it's only fair to give you a platform since you're here to respond in kind. So Zach, my jaw is exposed. The floor is yours, sir. Take your shot. Huh? I really wasn't expecting that. And I really don't know if I want to go too deep into it. Cause I might hurt your feelings, but you know, Scotty is uh, sensitive. Scotty, uh, he's sensitive. Bare- Scotty, the sensitive. No, uh, you know, we, we had several texts back and forth and I was pretty excited about Altuve and It was some other things had to unravel first, and he shot me a text one night, and it said, you know, Diaz, just it he scares me being 17. He's never a sure thing, but I'm pretty sure we can get the deal done, and I'm pretty sure that's an exact quote. And I read it, and I'm like, here we go. Here comes another pick he's going to add. Here comes something else. And I, I knew he was going to add for something else. The pretty sure we can get it done was he's going to add one more thing. And I was That's like, cool. okay. That's so, code. So, yeah. so, and, and, and I wouldn't expect anything less. He's going to try to get everything he can as a rebuilding team. And I was already floating other ideas out there. And then an offer came up. I, I couldn't refuse and I got excited and I said, okay, accept. And, <laughs> I texted Scotty and I'm like, I guess I should have talked to you, but uh, uh, that draft pick's gone. He's like, what? And Diaz is gone. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And it it, it happens something along these lines. And then he goes, okay, well, and he's like irritated and sensitive. And then he goes, he like, I, I don't know. He mustered up some other huge deal. And it like, turns into a player of my choice uh will be sent to you the following year and i'm like he's already pissed he's gonna send me like somebody retired and i was like <laughs> shaking my head and i was like all right well i'll think about it and then another deal popped up and this deal included mccullers who i'd been going for and i was like done and i was like sorry scotty it's not gonna work you screwed and- me twice not no, once, but twice. No, no, the second time I never agreed on anything. And, and the first time we were oh, excited so about the, the deal. Oh, so the first time you agreed. No, no. The first time I was excited about the deal and we're almost there. If you would have said this deal is done, the deal would have been done. But you said, I think we can get there. And that is not finished. And if I hold out and then you try to add something else and then the guy I was going after – which I think it was Azuna. Uh, if he goes somewhere else because he got cleared to charges, all of a sudden I missed out. And I didn't give up nearly as much, I don't think, for Azuna as I was willing to give up for a Tuve, which they're two different players. But if Azuna plays full time DH, Azuna's going to hit 35, 40 home runs this year, I believe. And Altuve's probably going to hit about that. Now Tuve doesn't steal bases. 
Azuna, I'm going to be less worried about getting injured because he's not going to be playing the field. And he's probably going to get a ton of RBIs on that Braves lineup. So I was like, I'll give up less for Azuna, and I jumped on it. And that's just what it is. But if you would have told me, deal's done, we just got to hit accept, the deal would have been done. But you were almost a little hesitant, in my point of view, from the text message. So I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> Listen, bottom line is this. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you got you what you wanted. I got what I wanted. I moved out to Bay. Uh, I, I like my plan. I like where I'm going. You like your plan. Clearly you like where you're going. It's all good. It's all good. And, Just like and, you said, it's fantasy baseball stuff happens. And that's, that's part of, that's part of being in, in a community league. And, and we, 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 we get to come on, uh, 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 podcasts like these and sit down and, and talk to our seven member audience and, and, and hash it out and it's all good. So a uh, bro hug. Okay. Let's move man, on. It, it really sounds like you cried it out. I'm, I'm glad that you've gotten over it. <laughs> it's going to be so much kinder than he was on Facebook messenger when that. Yeah. <laughs> So much kinder now. No, we don't. Yeah, we don't want to share. But, we don't want to share those messages. Yeah, well, like, beep, well, beep, beep, yeah. beep, Zach, tell you, beep, beep, beep. All right. Tell you what, one last thing on this, though. It adds to the competitiveness of our division and the rivalry. So I kind of like it. I do feel like uh, you're going to offer me a trade before I offer you one. Probably. Yep. Okay. We can move on. <laughs> Well, and I just kind of, I kind of want to springboard from there because you already mentioned some names that you targeted and acquired, or just talked about this off season. And and th- I mean, this has been, you know, we we've used the term on this show in relation to the South Division a few times this off season. It, it has really been a sea of change uh, for the South. And, and here, here's just a list of, oh, this is this is not exhaustive, but it's it's pretty well the core primary guys that you the chicks. The Memphis Chicks have added in just this offseason, okay? Aaron Judge, Jose Abreu, Charlie Morton, Carlos Carrasco, Chris Bryant, Nate Lowe, Lance McCullers, two closers, Scott and Joe Barlow, Ozuna, John Gray. Why was the time right? Why was the time right for the Chicks to flip the switch and go for it now? I think one of the main players you missed because it goes back to last season, which is what flipped the entire switch is Corey Seager. Okay. I flipped Dominguez and Roy Royce Lewis who had torn his ACL, which I don't think Joe realized at the time, which he'll be back this year. So it's no big deal. He got rid of Corey Seager. I just, or he put him on the block and I was like, you know, I saw the McKenzie Gore starting to fade, which, you know, he can always come back. But I was like, man, with COVID going on and all these minor leaguers getting limited, I'm ready now. I mean, I I was building up these minor leaguers and I really liked all of the ones that I had, but it was just like they were taking forever and COVID was slowing everything down. And when I got Seager, I was like, okay, I just got rid of Lewis and Dominguez. It's time to start doing it. So I flipped uh, Jack McGee closer to get uh, Acuna and Acosta, and I knew I would flip that. I uh, traded away Pache to get Josh Bell, which I flipped him. And then that's when everything started falling in place with Judge, Morton, Carrasco, Brayu, and so on. And uh, I like Nate Lowe. I think he's going to be a really good hitter in Texas. And once that ball started rolling, I think Mike had said it earlier, it's, there's no going back. And mm-hmm. 
I, I like my team. You know, I had some really good weeks last year that my team, when they were healthy, were putting together a lot of good numbers. And, you know, of course, injuries is always a big thing. But, and that's with, I mean, I expect Alec Bohm to really bounce back. This guy raked at UCLA. Um, he He's a hitter. Uh, he had that sophomore slump. I I'm a firm believer in him. And I think others are too. I've had several reach out to him trying to buy super low and I'm like, no way. And, uh, I think Kyle Wright is very underrated. Um, he's had his chances. I've seen him pitch at Vandy. I saw him pitch in the world series in a very high intense game and shut down the Astros. I think Kyle Wright will be in that rotation next year. Um, I think John Gray, I think Texas is doing something good here. I think John Gray is going to be a really good pitcher for the Rangers. Um, well, assuming it kind of along those lines, assuming that you're not done remaking the roster currently, what other areas of your club are you focused on improving for 2022? That's a good question. Um, I've looked at it over and over and over again and, I'd love to grab one more ace, yep. um, but giving up and getting an ace, you know, a lot of my, I get all these trades. I was telling you, I gave up stuff. You know, I didn't mention the draft picks I gave up. So mm-hmm. it makes it tough to get an ace without giving up something else. And then I have to realize I have players like Byron Buxton that could be a 30, 30 guy this year, but he's never been healthy all year. So I can't give up too much on my offense because I got to, you know, make room for injuries. So I look at my, my, my pitching and, you know, I think that some of my minor league guys will come up. I think that Rollison for Colorado can come up. I think Ride might come up. Tookie, Desant might come up. Um, I've thought about putting Kyle Tucker on the market. I've had some people reach out to him. It's not wow. the guy – it's not a guy I'm really willing to give up. I consider him a top 10 fantasy asset. But, you know, who's to say that Brian doesn't offer me a, a trout and a pitcher for Tucker and it fits what I need? And knowing that Trout still has a couple years of good ball left and he's injury prone lately, and Kyle Tucker's 24, uh, you know. it's not out of the realm to do a big move like that. And I've been in trade talks with Kyle Tucker, but I have to get back something. And then I look at my team. I'm like, do I even need to make a move? Because not right now, you don't. because I look at Mike's team and I'm not going to be all lovey dovey over it. Like Scotty is, Um, but (laughs) it's a, it's a really good team. Uh, Brian has a really good team. I think there's there's probably a couple teams out there besides those two that are really strong. I think Brent's team is good. I think he's going to compete with me in the division. And who knows what happens during the season um, and what moves can be made. I think we heard the hopes and dreams of your club for this year come crashing down in the background there a few a couple minutes ago but yeah yeah it's another thing all together hello wife they said hi <laughs> they said that i was talking about uh possibly not winning or something like that and they heard a bunch of pants fall and now it's my dreams crashing and burning 
<laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I'm sure she's very impressed at the, uh, the fact that you're on a fantasy baseball podcast tonight. Oh, it's definitely her dream Friday night. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's just I'm at a point now. I'm looking at my team. Honestly, I think uh, – I don't know if I pronounce it right. Madrigal is going to be a really good hitter too at the top of that Cubs lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's a pure hitter. He's not going to give me power, but I think I have plenty of power. Uh, I mean, you can never have enough, but, you know, this guy's going to hit over 300, I think, once he gets his uh, – once his – he gets settled in and he's going to score a lot of runs at the Cubs yeah. – uh, get some bats behind them. So, you know, I, if bone bounces back, I, I might not need to make moves here. I might be good. And, you know, whatever the season, whatever happens during the season with pickups off the waiver wire and everything else, um, you know, I might be good. You, your, for, your first full season in the league, Zach was 2019. Um, and when you took over, I, I guess, did you expect to restructure the chicks for a full three seasons now that, that you've just, that you've just gotten through, gotten by, did you expect that, that period to, to take longer? Um, I thought it might take a little longer. Um, I, I don't know. It was weird. When I took over the team, Max Freed was potentially just going to be a, a middle relief guy. And I was about to give him away for nothing and uh, not nothing, but, for minimal value for what Max Freed is now. And it shows you, you know, you got to be patient. And, you know, I was so patient on Mackenzie Gore. And, you know, that's that's a trade that, you know, Mike railed me on. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, <laughs> Josh Bell, and Mackenzie Gore trade. for Chris. I understand. I and, and you know what? Maybe, maybe I could have gotten away with less. Um, yeah. That's a one trade. But I was kind of excited about Chris Bryant and yep. – you know, if Chris Bryant goes to a really good team in a hitter's ballpark, watch out. I like him I, just because he's first base eligible, third base absolutely. eligible, outfield eligible. So that, he, he's a really nice depth guy. I just then like moving McKenzie in that just because the, the the one obvious hole in your team right now is pitching depth. Yeah. And when you get rid of one of your good young pitchers, like that's always a really dangerous thing to do. So for me, it was just moving him. So I when you say McKenzie, you're talking about Tristan McKenzie. Tristan correct? McKenzie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the, the Indians slash Guardians, whatever. I, they're yeah. just, they're not going to be good this year. Uh, Maybe, I don't, perhaps not. Perhaps and, not. I just yeah. And I just thought that is, one was an overpay. That's all. Yeah, I, I get that, and I might have been able to get away with it, but at the same time, nobody wants score. Nobody does, and I was terrified that what happens this year. You know, the Padres have a lot of pitching depth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they have room for Mackenzie Gore. Wonder yep. if he doesn't get his mechanics fi- fixed out this year. I will sell him for nothing. Yep. A- and this is this will be a this is a coin flip trade in my opinion. Tristan McKenzie weighs all of 180 pounds. He's been hurt several times in his development. He looks good. He might be good. I'm it and here's the thing. If Josh Bell is the normal hitter he is. And Tristan McKenzie's average and Gore turns into middle relief. It's probably a fair trade. Yeah. Well, if Gore flames out, it's a fine trade. It's fine. Absolutely. So you talk about my pitch in depth. I've got Ian Anderson, Max Freed, Lance McCullers, Charlie Morton, Carlos Rodon, Carrasco, which I think is going to have a bounce back. He can't get worse than he did last year. (laughs) Um, 
Chris Chris Flexen will be a good innings eater. I think he'll get me some wins and you know steady ERA and WHIP. John Gray, and I think Kyle Wright will be up. Um, that's a guy I'm banking on, and Braxton Garrett might be up too. I'm not sure. That's quite a bit of depth uh, for pitching. It, it, you know, some might have more, but it's a lot of innings per week. Yeah. And you know, y'all talk about my previous years there was there was a lot of uh me looking at my roster and i'm like yeah i'm gonna throw mitch keller in there versus braves and inflate my era to seven because i need that (laughs) top pick i need to make (laughs) trades and uh i did stuff like that and this year is completely different you know you'll see me hit 30 innings and then i have my aces going on sunday and they're all gonna be on my bench because i don't need to start them it's gonna be a completely different chicks team this year yeah You've had those three those three seasons, Zach, and and I think you've had time now, by now, to really survey the lay of the land in the BDL in terms of its difficulty and what you're up against. So my question uh, question is then, how do you think the chicks measure up against the BDL's best clubs right now? Hmm. Uh, that's tough, you know. Um, on paper, you know, Mike and uh, Brian's team come to uh, my mind instantly. I'm probably missing a few. Uh, I think Cardinals are decent. I'm not trying to miss anybody, but those two teams really come to my uh, attention. And I'm not going to lie, Brent's team does too because he's in my division. And Brent has a lot of depth, some good bats, and uh, some good pitching. So that being said, any given week, anybody can win. And uh, you're one or two injuries away from having to make desperation moves to keep up. And that's why I don't know if I want to make any more moves. We'll see how the season kind of plays out. Unless something falls in my lap I'm really interested in. But, mm-hmm. you know, I obviously, I mean, chances are Scotty uh, is not going to be in the running this, this year. And then you have uh, the Vipers, which – I think they'll be they'll be mediocre this year. Maybe I'm not trying to take a stab at Michael, which actually he is one of the guys I've met met him at uh, the World Series mm-hmm. game. Um, but I think my team is better than both of those teams. I think Brent and I will, I think we'll be somewhat competitive. But that gets me in the playoffs if I win the division, and yep. then anything can happen. Right. So mm-hmm. why am I worried about Mike's team or Brent, uh, Brian's team? You know, let's see, let's get to the playoffs and see what happens. Yep. Well, to that to that end, though, do do you do you think do you believe that the chicks are a championship contender right now? Yes, okay, I know me, enough. I know me, and you know I've I've been playing fantasy baseball for a long time. I haven't ever been in a situation where I had to take a team and wait, and uh, I didn't necessarily have to wait, but I didn't feel like the timing was right. Um, I didn't know a lot of people. I didn't know anybody besides Scotty. And so getting intermixed with everybody took a little bit of time. And then, you know, 2019 was really busy year for me and then COVID and everything else. And I just feel like now I've gotten to really know everybody. It's different now. So, well, let's, and, 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 you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves with championship talk for the chicks. Um, but instead look at your, kind of as you already have a little bit alluded to anyway, your immediate competition in the South, because, you know, on your road to the playoffs, I mean, that that's what matters first. You have to get through your division and ideally, 
win your division. I mean, there are wild card opportunities, of course, but there's no guarantee of that. We heard recently from the Wallabies and Brent on this show, and, you know, they think they've got an equal or better shot at the division this year, even after the moves that you've made. So my question is, in your mind, what are the odds that you won't win the South Division this year? Hmm. Uh, Right now, you're saying right now on paper, I I think that the chances of me winning division, I would say is 70%. I'm pretty confident winning the division. Uh, I, ex- I expect you to say like like 97. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not going to get any sound bites out of me. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell uh, you know off air. Let ask me that question again. And but uh, no, he's he's got some good pitching. You know, Flattery's coming back. You know, Lance Lynn, um, Peralta's good. Um, Strasburg, that's a wild card. I mean, is he ever going to pitch be healthy again? Is Blake Snell going to turn back to form? Um, you know, he's got some question marks. I mean, every team does. Um, I think he'll be competitive. And uh, that is my main competition. And uh, we'll, if I have to make moves to keep up, if I'm falling behind, I will. But, you know, it depends on injuries. I mean, that's, that's the name of baseball, right? Mm-hmm. People start taking 15, 30-day IL trips and – it can mean a lot. Well, and, and I think you you sort of hit the, the nail on the head. In the short term, the Wallabies are your competition in the South. Um, certainly this year, may, maybe even for the next two years, they're your they're your primary competition. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, certainly the Generals won't be there this season. Um, you know, the way things are trending, probably not in twenty three either. I, I think it's going to be a longer arc. For Gotham City, yeah, seven eight um, years. I'm thinking, Scotty. Nah, I agree. No, at least no, yeah. seven eight. No chance. Give no, no chance. That will never happen. It could. But, it could be six. Like I'm you not know, a no, it. absolutely be. not. <laughs> but you know, I, honestly, w- one of the things that I, I sort of, well, I was going to use the word regret. I don't regret, but that's a, a little bit of a bummer about the timing of uh, Gotham's rebuild. Uh, that started this off season is that um, that that impending generals chicks rivalry that I've kind of been looking forward to for a few years, um, you know, it, it got put on hold. And that's not to say that there's not still a quote unquote. You're dodging them, Scotty. Uh, oh yeah, that, that's exactly them. what's happening. Please just tell the truth yes. and be honest with yourself for once. I, I don't know you're that you could. Them. I don't know that I could dodge that I there's something for me to dodge when all of my players, my ex players are now in Memphis. Here so we go. You're saying all your Here players quit your team to play in Memphis. So that's what you're saying. <laughs> Here but, we no. go. Scotty's going to want his name next to my trophy. Right <laughs> that is the plan. Yep. That was no. actually a joke on my first title. I think, I think I got two or three of his players and I jokingly said, you know what? You should put your name on my trophy. And I think he took it seriously. So that's oh, not a bad idea. I'm just kidding, man. I was kidding. No, so, <laughs> in, in all, in all, oh, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. Let me ask you a question. Do you like my team better or Brent's team paper on, better on paper right now? Right now? Mm-hmm. Right now, I like Brent. End of the season, I like the checks. Because I think you're going to be a lot more aggressive making your team better than Brent will be. That's, mm. uh, that's hard to disagree with. Um, did that, did that yeah. hurt to say? No, for Scotty, I mean, for me, then. no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 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 you know the, the South is in a really it's it's in a funny 
funny place right now. I, and I think, you know, we, we alluded to this too in a, in a prior show, you know, you, you look at, you know, Brent is a former champion. He, he knows what he's doing when he's engaged um, to, you know, I, I've got two titles, two trophies on my bookshelf. Um, I, I really like what I have seen so far from the Vipers. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm very confident that Michael knows what he's doing. Um, and, and I think this off season has really, well, I mean, it goes without saying it has begun to show Zach that, you know, you, you're serious, you know, about winning in, in this league. And I think in, in a few short years, two, three years, um, the South has the potential to be dynamite. Pretty good. And, and there goes uh, half of my material on this show, Scotty. <laughs> well, well I, I, I will say that I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I had to, crap, hold on. Uh, once I flip the switch, it's what it is. I, you know, no more tanking. So, uh, you know, How it's not. How long do you think this team has, Zach? Um, when you not, open up a window, typically teams will think, you know what? I got two years. I got three years. When the way that I did it, I, I purposely opened up kind of a forever window. Like I never try to go for it completely because I'm always afraid of being stuck in a spot where I can't put her back together is your thought process of you're going for the next couple of years. Or is your pro- thought process of I'm good now. And this team will always be good. This team will always be good. Hmm. Always. And uh, you know, Scotty, you're going to be looking up for a long time, buddy. Um, <laughs> that's just, sorry. It's what it is. And uh, I told you this last year, I said, you're making the playoffs. You're not going to win. You time to rebuild. And this is it. And sorry, man, I, I'm I'm not going away. And uh, it's got- it's the moves. I only make a Jurassic move if I know it's going to win me a championship in baseball. It, you never know. And so I will always be making moves to make my future better. At the same time, well, that's positive to hear for the league. Uh, and, and I, I guess I'll, 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 it's, it's because of this, I'll tell you why. And I think it's time to put this subject into proper context. And Zach, I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask you this question. I'm sure you don't know the answer. Um, do you have any idea how many division titles the club that you inherited three going on four years ago in the BDL has, has won? I'm going to guess between zero and one. Mike, do you have any idea? How many division titles? Oh, division uh, titles. Yeah, I'm going to that, right? Yeah, division titles. Now, Zach took over what team? Help me out here, Scotty. Zach, Zach didn't take over Mark's team. He took over. No, no, no. Took Zach, over, took over, Zach took over uh, the Wolverines. The Wolverines that were, gee, before that, were zero. Uh, the I Mavericks. I, okay, Chris was sitting there for one. I think zero is the answer. Okay. Uh, the answer is zero. Yeah, uh, Zach, your your franchise, and of course, and again, we you know we all know you have only been in charge of this club for three years. You're only now really starting to make it your own. But you, you have the, your club, your franchise has a long, long history. Actually, um, here's a few facts about the history of the Memphis Chicks and, and the franchise. And again, historical context: an 18-year lineage. It's one of the five oldest clubs in the BDL. Constantly active from 2005 
until now. Of course, there was a redraft between 05 and 06, so a l- little bit of a, you know, in, in terms of roster construction, there was a break there, but an active team uh, for that long. In, in your club's history, two seasons, only two seasons above 500, two that, winning seasons ever in the BDL. In that eight, is crazy. Yes. Eight seasons below 400. Eight seasons. Let that sink in. Eight seasons below a winning percentage of 400. Zero division titles. One. One traditional playoff run that happened in 2015 and the club, it was the Mavericks at the time, the club lost in the first round. One playoff. Now, we've already declared in 2020, everyone made the playoffs. So technically two playoff appearances, but one earned playoff berth that happened in 2015. That is the history of the team that you are trying to take the playoffs. Yeah. I'm looking at their record on a graph on CBS. It's effectively a straight line at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, you know, it, it, it is by any metric, the most troubled club in league history. And in short, you inherited the Seattle Mariners of the BDL. I think you're being a little mean to the Mariners. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're not that bad. Jeez. Yeah. I forgot just how bad this team was. Because when I joined the league, they were, it was just as the Jolly Jesters were leaving, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the Aggies came in for a year and they were okay. And then Owens had the team for a while and they stunk. And just as he was getting okay, he left. And then Keegan came in and they're terrible. Like this team has been consistently bad. So it's I guess I guess I guess what Scotty is saying is if you win a division with this, we may was we may as well not even have a vote on the mark of excellence. We're just giving you the damn award. Is that what you're trying to say? Scotty? <laughs> well, hey, if you guys are in Vegas right now and you have to put a hundred dollars on the South champ, what are you doing? Or I told you my answer. Um I mean, I mean, because I think you're going to be active enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, if it's close, it's, I think you'll win it. It's, it's going to be know, close. Yeah, Brent, Brent, the Wallabies have, they have the history, they have the track record. The chicks, I sure don't. The the chicks, <laughs> the the chicks, the chicks are showing the aggressiveness. Yes. So you you kind of have to balance those two things and. You know, I, I think you know. Generally, in a league like this, in a BDL, mm-hmm. in the in the BDL, it, it it really comes down to, you know, those those coin flip tiebreaker attributes, and 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 one of those is, um, you know, the the manager that is more engaged than the mm-hmm. other, that is more aggressive than the other, yep. and and in improving that club, even in in tiny incremental ways during the yep. season. And um, I, I have confidence, at least right now, that that is something the chicks are willing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess that's that's a long answer, but um, yeah. Well, it's going to be a fun season. I hope. I hope we have baseball. I hope. Oh, they're, they... oh, now, Zach, how much would it suck if you went and made all these moves this off season and there's no baseball season? Well, here's the thing. I, I I've thought about that. My team is not that old. It's not, but they're, how, they're much would all, that, how much would that suck, though? It, you would make all these moves. Yeah. Finally, this and oh, sorry, it's not happening. Or, or it's a half season. We're going to play a tournament. 
And it's a coin toss kind of thing. Absolutely. I've thought about it. And that's why I think I'm, unless something falls in my lap that I'm interested in, I think I'm probably pretty content until at least spring training gets going. And, you know, to play on the safe side, because, I mean, it's, it'd be crazy to make too many moves and then all of a sudden we don't have a season. Yeah. Zach, I just thought of something which would be frightening. Imagine this. Season starts in June. We start a tournament. Your round one is against the Gotham City Generals, and they knock you out in round one. <laughs> you ought to have to find a new owner. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, one week man. that could happen, that would be, oh, oh, geez. You know what? I might have to quit the league and this show just because I wouldn't be able to listen to Scotty anymore. <laughs> oh, man. It would end the league. Yeah, I'd be. <laughs> okay, that, well, move on it, from it, that. Yeah, sorry about the well, thought. Well, yeah, let, let's move on. So, you know, and we've established, you know, your, your club certainly does not have a history of, of being the favorite to win anything, not a division, certainly not a championship. And <laughs> over, very the draft few, lo- over the draft lottery. <laughs> very, very few weekly matchups, draft lottery, you know, you name it. This, this, this club historically just does not win anything ever. Let's say and you you've already mentioned you know you you've kind of purged your draft picks your your cupboard is uh, you know frankly kind of bare uh, in in the minor leagues which that's that's I mean you had to spend capital to to build the major league club that you have so that's not a surprise either. Let's say for argument's sake that you accomplish that goal and win the South in 2022. What are the things that make you think this is not a a one or two year blip of success before the chicks slide back into mediocrity. Well, once the draft's over and waivers open, I will be reloading my minors. And uh, I have a lot of names that I think that hopefully will still be out there and that'll be reloaded. And my team is young. I, I only have come to the top of my head, maybe Charlie Morton, um and Carrasco. After that, a lot of these guys still have five, six years in them, if not more. And I'm going to build off that. So I'll be flipping guys if I need to. And you know, if I have a really bad season, and let's say Seager goes out, Abreu goes out, Bryant goes out, Buxton goes out, I'll make trades to make sure I'm ready for next year. Okay. So let's, let's switch some gears a little bit. You're, you're one of the BDL's resident Braves fans. And we, we have several in the league, probably more than more, more fans of the Braves in the BDL than, than any other franchise. I'm pretty sure that's right. So needless to say, this has been quite the fantastic fall for you in, in winter. Um, how are you feeling? World champions. Oh, Fantastic. Worst hangover I've ever had at work. <laughs> <laughs> so I, seriously, uh, my wife and I stayed at the house, watched the final game. Um, you know, every home run that was hit, I was running around the house. But Solaire's home run, I just didn't move. It was just <laughs> my jaw dropped. And, you know, I, after they, they won, I think she went to bed. And then she came back out at like 2.30 in the morning, find me watching the TV still. And she's like, you got to wake up in three hours. And I was like, ah, I'll deal with it. And it was 26 years I've been waiting for that. I was 10 when they won it last. I couldn't appreciate it. Went to game three, met uh, Michael 
in 40 degree rainy weather and it was <laughs> a great day and now my grizzlies have won 11 straight uh my memphis tigers aren't playing as well as i'd hoped um alabama didn't win a national championship things have been great <laughs> my, so, little, my little sister actually went to georgia so uh, i was happy for her it's been oh, a nice. good uh it's good been a good thing oh and i'm a 49er fan once they beat the cowboys sunday it's gonna be even better <laughs> so what what's up what's up with atlanta dragging their feet on re-signing Freddie Freeman, and of course he's coming home to Toronto. That's why everyone knows that's, that. That's you know, I, I mean, you 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 know they should he have locked him Toronto. down <laughs> before the work stoppage. Uh, why, why do you why do you think that didn't get done before the work stoppage? Not signing Freeman. I mean, obviously the rumors are the what seventh year or the f- sixth year, the sixth year, and that they're offering five years. Um, I don't know. Um, that's a difficult situation. I, I, I trust Alex Anthopoulos. He does amazing work with the Braves. I mean, to lose Acuna and then replace him with essentially Rosario, Soler, Duvall, and uh, Jock and get rid of nothing <laughs> is amazing. And it's almost like Billy Bean, right? You just play the numbers. We're going to put these guys in. Four guys is going to replace one. And it worked. And I don't know why they haven't re-signed him. I, it's going to be Atlanta or the Dodgers. That's yeah, just that's what, what it I, is. That's what I fear, che- man. His wife, Chelsea, wants to start her own fashion design. He's from California. So my idea and my theory is this is the reason why the Braves have checked up on Carlos Correa and they've inquired about Matt Olson. I feel if he goes to L.A., the Braves go all in, get Correa if they can afford him, and they're going to flip. Swanson, who's only got one year left, Drew Waters, their prospects, and get Matt Olson at first. That's mm-hmm. my theory. Which Makes is sense. not which is not a bad idea. I think Matt Olson would rake at Sun or Truist Park. Well, all things equal. I know you like Freeman. Have you have you made a play for him in the BDL? Uh no. Um I've thought really? about it, but um, you know, I really thought about making a play for Riley, but unfortunately Brent has them, and that's definitely not going to happen. Um, yeah, how did you end up? You ended up in a division with two other Braves fans. It's terrible. I can't <laughs> trade any of them. It's, I mean, I, if I trade for Riley, I'm going to have to give up like what Max Freed and like another Brave probably. Um, you know, Freeman is a high cost. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would take to take Freeman away. So what's your what's your stance on collecting players in a dynasty league who belong to your favorite MLB club? Do you do you value those players differently? Did you value Ozuna, for, for example, differently because he's a brave? Mm, no, um, I think Ozuna is Mike sold him to me at a at a very fair price. Um, I, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of risk with Ozuna, uh, with, you know, the Braves playing them, but I think they'll play them. They're, they're obligated to, to pay him. So I don't see there being a problem, but, uh, can he play first base, Zach? Ozuna? Yeah. No, he can't play first base, but he can't play anywhere in the field, but he's going to be a DH. I just wonder if, if they lose Freddie. I wonder if he's an option at first base. 
have you seen him in the field? Not, not <laughs> in the infield. I've seen him in the outfield. He's horrible. Yeah, I just can't imagine how bad he'd be at first. Yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe, maybe, but I, I just don't see Ozuna being at first baseman. But who knows? I've seen crazier things, um, you know, and, and – I don't know. It's going to be interesting with Ozuna and that team chemistry. You know, they stopped the mix it up thing and everything else. Is he going to blend back in with those guys? I would say so. Yeah, he um, will. Yeah, I mean, it, he was clear to charges. So, I mean, it is what it is. And Ozuna's a 30 to 40 home run guy. I yeah. think if he is not playing in the field, especially. Yeah. And this is going to sound bad. Every guy on that team is played with a worse human being than Marcelo Ozuna. Yeah, you know, it, it, it we, sounds horrible to say that. But it's professional sports, and every team's got a couple of guys that you wouldn't want to know in real life. Right. It's, and it's who, just how it is. Well, we're all human beings. Who are we to judge on what other people do? I know what my morals are, um, but, you know, it's not going to stop me from drafting a player. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just we're playing a game. They're numbers. They're not people. These are, these are numbers we're, we're trading. Correct. These are just numbers. Correct. What was behind? Speaking of, I'm going to see if I can make a trade for Trevor Bauer. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, you guys are going to, you know, going to be attracting too many women to your games in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> That's for other reasons, Mike. <laughs> what was behind? What was behind your your sending uh, Christian Pachi to to the Vipers, who are? Again, run by another Braves fan. That that was an intriguing deal to me for the reasons that we're talking about. Uh, Pache is great at defense, and defense does not win <laughs> fantasy championships. Um, you know, he I consider him a quadruple A hitter. I think he can rake at triple A, and I don't know if he can do it in the majors. I think he's in between. Maybe he figures it out, but. When I said I was all in, I'm not waiting around for Pache for the next three or four years to figure it out. And if he does, great. That's going to be great for my real-life team. But they also have Drew Waters waiting. They also have Michael Harris Jr. waiting. And they have Acuna. And they just, they're just they signing. They're going to re-sign Duvall. And where does Pache fit? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I feel like this is an interesting thread to pull in the context of fantasy baseball what you know what what is it about rostering your favorite real life players that make winning for some people just sweeter you know i think i think we see that habit sometimes i mean mike i don't i don't think you're one of those guys but for instance i I mean you 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 will sometimes have a a little bit of an affection for toronto prospects Uh, i don't think i mean you know there's no you wouldn't hide that fact, you know. Mm-hmm. If if you just if you just happen to have the opportunity to roster a Bo Bichette yep. or, or or Toronto or you know Toronto's top prospect, mm-hmm. you're going to do that. So, and but, what but have that's I not almost every one of those guys, Scotty. Uh, you've sold them, yeah, like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. That, that's true. <laughs> but but you do see you do see owners who who um you know that that's more important to them. You know they feel yeah. like that 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 with the you know the process of building and winning is more fulfilling if they are populating their rosters with players they like from their favorite, their favorite teams. And, yeah. and um, I don't know what, what is that? What's that about? I don't, I don't, I don't get it myself now, but. I always like to have a J on my team, like at least one, but that's, that's pretty much the extent of it. Like for me, 
I tend to wind up with a lot of Jays prospects at some point, just because that's the organization I know better than any other organization. So I'll pick up a Bo Bichette in free agency just because I've heard that he looked good in, you know, in camp and no one drafted him. I'll pick up a Gabby Moreno, same story, off the wire. I tend not to draft a lot of Jays, but I tend to pluck a lot of them off the wire before they kind of hit. And nine times out of ten, I end up trading them long before they see a major league team. I've got something to add to that also. As a Braves fan, I get news articles left and right about, yep. you know, single A players that are on the rise. And, you know, God, you know, sucks that we're in a league with a bunch of Braves fans. They mm-hmm. might be getting the same thing. But, you know, I'm sure half of us are going to the waiver wire going, add, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's the thing. You're familiar with your team. It's not yep. necessarily that you want to plug your whole team up with, you know, your, your, your real life team. But, you know, on my side, is kind of easy considering they're champs. They they have a bunch of good players. I would take most of their like their whole infield. Would you not want a whole infield of fantasy of Riley, Albies, Freeman, and, and I mean Swanson's serviceable, but but I mean that's a really good infield fantasy wise. Yep. Yeah, I've been on record before. I think it's really dangerous as a dynasty GM to become attached to players from your favorite MLB club. Not not that I haven't been guilty of it in the past. I I drafted Jay Bruce, uh, you know, from the Reds number one overall in our 2007 minor league draft at the time. Um, probably was not, uh, you know, worthy of, of that slide. I would have to go back and look at that draft. But, I you know, I, I've also owned Joey Votto for big chunks of his career and, and paid a high, a high price for him both times. So, but – you know, I started to see this a little differently maybe about 10 years ago, and, and I reached this conclusion. My, my favorite team is not the Cincinnati Reds, although I love the Reds and always will. Gotham City Generals. My favorite team is the Gotham City Generals, <laughs> and that's the God's honest truth. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I'd really love to know if that makes me crazy. Does that make me a lunatic? I, you know, I don't a know. A little but, bit, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like I take more interest in my fantasy team than I do in my in the Jays, to be honest with you. I think there is something to the personal attachment to your major league team, though. I think it's different with you, Scotty, because the Reds haven't been very good for a while. <laughs> I think I think that kind of hurts long time. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I'm sure if the Braves sucked, Zach wouldn't be quite as interested in picking up their players. But as he said, when the team's really good. It's kind of fun to have a couple of those guys on your team. Now, I will say, I won't turn down, but turn them down. But I try to avoid players on teams I hate, like the Dodgers. Mm. It kind of hurt to get Corey really? Seager, and then he got traded. And it's like, mm. good. <laughs> I don't want to pull for Corey Seager on the Dodgers. I hate the Dodgers. And I don't think I have a single Dodger on my team. And I'm glad <laughs> for that. But, you know, it's not like somebody comes with a Mookie bet. So I'm going to be like, okay, I'll listen. You know, I, I'm definitely interested in Mookie bets, but I'm not <laughs> purposely going out there to get a player. That, there's mm-hmm. nothing worse than watching my Braves play the Dodgers. And I need one home run from Mookie bets. And he's up in the ninth and they're tied with the Braves in real life. And I'm like, this is like a lose-lose situation. <laughs> You know, Zach, it's interesting you said that because I've never given this any thought. I don't remember ever having a star of the Boston Red Sox on my team. And I <laughs> hate the Red Sox. I hate the Yankees, but I hate the Red Sox more. 
See, I think that's more of what we should be looking at is not grabbing players from teams you hate. Yeah. Interesting. The thing, but the thing is, that, like, I've never planned to not pick them up. But I think subconsciously, I've just never wanted to have one of those run scoundrels on my roster. And I don't, sure, I can't, now, I can't you, remember rostering one for a long time. And you wouldn't turn one down. Like, you, you probably wouldn't that. turn down Bookie, Mookie Betts in his prime in the Red Sox. But at the same time, I you're trade probably, him in a second, too. Yeah. There would yeah. be no, no attachment whatsoever to him when it's trade time. Yeah. And there you go. And I'm looking at my team right now, and there is not anybody on my team I hate. Mm. <laughs> it's great. Interesting. Well, here's a fun question, Zach. The, I think we all know the Washington football team is scheduled to announce its new name next month. It's the Chicks, funnily enough. <laughs> the, the Atlanta Braves baseball culture ha, has been a little bit under the microscope from time to time as well. Do you, do you envision changes ever making their way to the Braves in a similar fashion? Is this like... So you apologize to me. Now you're trying to get me worked up. (laughs) No, uh, I don't know, man. Um, Here's the thing. The world we live in, and I'm not going to get deep into this, but I'm not going to get all political on this stuff, but the world we live in, I feel like once somebody or something becomes successful, people start pinpointing things they think that should be changed about it or what's wrong with it. Nobody talks about the Braves when they're terrible. Nobody talks about the Tomahawk Chop. Sports Illustrated doesn't make a cover story about the Tomahawk Chop being racist until they're in the playoffs. Because nobody saw it. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody everybody yeah. knew it was there. Yeah. Everybody I think you're knew. right, though. I think you're I can see the Chop going away, but I don't think they're changing the team name or anything like that. I. It's the Braves. Here, it's hardly a racist the, team name. Here, it's not. <laughs> it, here's the thing. For that Tomahawk Chop to go away... I go to that stadium all the time. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of friends that are fans. And the Braves fans here or in this league would probably agree with me. MLB would have to punish draft picks, would have to kick fans out of stadiums, mm-hmm. maybe even for more than one game. It would have to be severe consequences for that tomahawk chop to go away. Because- Let me ask you a question, Zach. At the games – does that start naturally or do they have to play the music to get that thing going? You know what? They took away the music and it still for, kept going. for a while. Uh, yeah. It was like a couple years. I think it's when that Cardinals pitcher got really upset when Bolte threw like a two hitter against him in the playoffs. And I was at that game and he came in and he was like a part Cherokee and said he was extremely offended. And mm. I think he got rocked that game or something. <laughs> and, after that, the Braves took the initiative to quit beating the drum, mm-hmm. quit doing all that, the music. They don't yeah. play the music still, but the fans, the, fans doing it. the fans still do it. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's Can't like, that, it's like Omicron. Three people start doing it. The whole yeah. 40,000 <laughs> people are going to do it. So, yeah. and, and now they brought it back. They have like a neon uh tomahawk and center field and it'll start going up and down and i think they beat the drum again but you know what atlanta does a lot for the uh the indian uh culture out there and they they do certain days at truest park yeah i know it's part of probably saving face but what is racist about atlanta braves and i mean does a tomahawk chalk really bother people why is nobody talking about florida state 
Yeah, because they have the relationship with the Seminole Nation, right? So, I, so mean, I think a that, lot of that is just, you know, it, it, it's the point you made earlier. I think the relationship that the club, or in the case of Florida State, the school has with local organizations, mm-hmm. I think that kind of changes how that's viewed. I, I don't think people look at the Atlanta Braves or the Chicago Blackhawks in the same way that you looked at the Cleveland Indians with that ridiculous mascot of theirs. I right. think I think that was a lot different, and even the Redskins, same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think people look at that much different than differently than you do the Atlanta Braves or the Kansas City Chiefs or the Chicago Blackhawks. Like those names are are positive. Or a team like the Redskins or the Indians, one could certainly see that in a much different way than you do the Braves or the Chiefs. I can I can see that, and you know, I have my own opinions on it, but I'm not Indian. And yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not in that situation. And, you know, and Redskins that when you really look at it, I get it. It um, sounds bad. It just it it's one of those bad. things. Even if the intention isn't, I, right. I think most people would look at that and say, you know what? If you came up with a new team today, would you call it the Redskins? And I think most people are like, nah, I think we'd come up with something else. You're probably right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's just times have changed. But I mean, does changing the name make anything better in real life? Yeah, probably not. I mean, it's just what it is. But going back to the original thing, I really hope they don't change that name. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would that'd be devastating. And you know, it's a slippery slope. Where yeah. where do we stop? Yeah. Okay, Zach. We're, we'll we'll wrap up here, but just a couple parting shots. So the draft is next week. BDL uh, first year player draft next week. I know you're not very invested in, in this draft. You you kind of sold most of your picks, but uh, who did the Amish Brotherhood draft at number five, do you think? Oof. You know, you put me on the spot. Um, I'm not sure because I really haven't looked much at the top ten because I'm so not invested in this draft. Um, I haven't done much research. He's talked about it some uh, in the in the forum, but I really don't know, man. Uh I'm so not invested in this draft because honestly me in this league and two other leagues, I have like no picks. (laughs) So I really am not paying too much attention to it. Um, Yeah. I think, uh, I I think Joe has tried to deploy some uh, unsuccessful reverse psychology over the last several days. And not so (laughs) subtle. Let me tell you. Well, that's what's, (laughs) that's what's confusing me about it is I, I, I catch the vibe of reverse psychology also, and I don't know, um, like I really haven't paid too much attention to even the top 10 names because once the draft starts, then I'll start looking at it. But I mean, he keeps talking about what's it? Um, Henry Davis. <laughs> yes. He, he, he brings him up a lot and I, I just, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting how the draft folds out. And as the draft's going out, I'll probably be doing a lot of research on these guys. I just know that they're not anywhere in my reach anywhere this year. Yeah. All right. Last question. We'll end on this. If you don't win the division this year, will you quit the league? (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) You know, if I don't win the division this year, it will more than likely be Brent. And uh, I feel like I probably won't have to change my team up much. I'll still be competitive. I mean, things happen in fantasy baseball. So, okay, Zach, if if Scotty finishes ahead of you in the standings this year, will you quit the league? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
A lot would have to happen for oh, that you to ain't, happen. You ain't kidding. A lot would have to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis team bus goes off the road and all the players die. Would have to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if if my team doesn't win the division, I guess it's because half my team's Scotty's old team, right? Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> a bunch, of, bunch of losers. Yeah. Hard, 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 hard. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, Zach, we appreciate you joining the show. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, but um, you've got a you've got a very interesting um, season coming up here in front of you for the Memphis Chicks. Maybe the second actual playoff berth in the history of your franchise. Your first, of course, in the BDL. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I won't wish you luck because you're in the South. But um, I will be watching with a close eye. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. By the way, I figured out I'll play the Generals Week One. Right off the start. Uh, hey, Mike, over <laughs> under that uh, Scotty wins two categories. Uh, point 0.5 is what I think Vegas has set the number at. <laughs> and I think I'm taking the under. How about you? Uh, no, no comment. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. Right. Thanks, thanks, thanks Zach. You too. All right. Okay, Zach, thanks a bunch, bud. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Can't wait to have you back, and we'll, we'll see how your season goes. It'll be fun to keep up uh, with, with how that's going, and uh, I will waste, of course, no opportunity uh, to, uh, to poke and make fun whenever you fall flat on your face because uh, that's just what we do, <laughs> and uh, it'll be especially fun to watch you fall flat on your face. But uh, That's not very nice, Scotty. I don't care. He's our guest. You have to be nice to our guests. <laughs> Says who? That's not in my contract. Yeah, that's a good point. You don't have to be nice to guess at all. What am I saying? Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, Mike, I, uh, I'm going to hop off here. I have last-minute draft prepped to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the BDL first-year player draft starts here in just uh, two, or three, uh, two or three days, so uh, I am locked and loaded. In on the first round, five picks now. Made a trade as we were sitting here recording yep. tonight's show. Picked up another first-rounder, so I'm going to add that to the bank uh this off season so yep wish me luck bud and well, with five uh, picks i'm sure you're gonna get somebody good let's 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 certainly <laughs> hope so let's only get one player out of those five <laughs> or, else, or else it's gonna be a long rebuild <laughs> oh, i don't even i don't even i'm not even gonna yeah. let my mind go there but your history tells us you're gonna hit on a couple of them so uh let's let's certainly hope so i think joe so. beth joe I beth think. make some picks. shut up shut up <laughs> Uh, okay guys thanks for tuning in we will talk to you again soon mike take care buddy see you guys